0: Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome to another edition of Centurion Faith, the podcast that helps you to seek the kind of faith that makes Jesus marvel. For those of you who have been listening to this podcast, you know that it's based on the faith of the centurion, which is found in Matthew 8 and also in uh, Luke chapter 7. And it's a story of the centurion who comes to Jesus and um, he tells him that his servant is is at at the house, he's sick and he has palsy and that he's grievously tormented. And Jesus says, okay, let's go, I'll come heal him. And the centurion says, Lord, I'm not worthy that you would come under my roof, but just speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority. I say to one, go, and he goes. I say to another, come, and he comes. And I say to another, do, and he does. And when Jesus heard this, it says he marveled at this man's faith, and he said, I've never seen such great faith, no, not in all of Israel, kind of like saying today, I have not seen such great faith in all of the church. And this man who was really a, a, a heathen to the Jewish people, the people of God, and, and just hated, I mean, the centurions were hated, and right up there with the tax collectors, and uh, they... they you know, often extorted the people and were just kind of like the scum of the earth, almost like the Samaritans in the Bible. But yet this, this centurion had faith that made Jesus marvel. It's the only place in the Bible where you see, or in the Gospels, I should say, where um, you see that term marvel, that, that somebody had the kind of faith that makes Jesus marvel. And it says in, in Hebrews eleven six, 6, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For anyone who comes to God must not only believe that he is, but that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So faith is the is the one thing that pleases God. And without it, it says we can't please him. And this, this guy had the kind of faith that made Jesus marvel. So that's what we're seeking to find in, uh, through this podcast and looking at the scriptures. And um, I think anytime we look to Jesus, that's, that's the main thing that this guy did as he came to Jesus and i think even by listening to this podcast today and hearing the word of god jesus is the living word of god and so i think just by listening to this podcast and seeking god diligently seeking him that we're going to see a little something of jesus today and as my mentor and friend friend rev fred always tells me he said god don't put himself all in one person jeff he's put a little bit of of himself in each of us so that collectively we are the body of Christ, but we're, we're no good without each other. So I just share this with you. Um, most of what I share, I've learned from someone else that's in the body of Christ, where God spoke through them, either through the Word or through His Spirit. So I just want to invite you to just to know what, um, to kind of see Christ in you. And um, the message that I have today is centered around that. And I think you'll get a kick out of it because uh, the title of today's message is called heavenly high and earthly good, heavenly high and earthly good. I'm sure that you've heard the expression before that, well, he's too heavenly high to be any earthly good. And I would say this in, uh, you know, I would uh, venture to say that that's probably been said about all of us who have tried to walk with the Lord. I know it's certainly been said of me, and if it, if it, if it hasn't been, it should be, because I think as Believers, sometimes we can come off the wrong way as we start to learn the scriptures and talk about Jesus and walk with Jesus, and people will will often um, then see our actions, and um, and that term comes to mind. Wow, he's he's too heavenly high to be any earthly good. But I think Jesus, who is our model and is who we look to to find faith, um was heavenly high and earthly good. This is God of the universe, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the galaxies and, and the kingdoms. It says that nothing that we see, uh, there's nothing that we see that wasn't created by him, for him, and through him. And it says that he is above all things, and in him all things consist. And that's Colossians one seventeen. And uh, I heard the author Frank Viola say one time, he's the super glue. This is Jesus. He's the super glue that holds the cosmos together. So here is God himself high and lifted up above the heavens and the earth. The earth was created by him, for him, through him. Jesus himself, it says, was was there at the beginning. And yet here we see Jesus like in this story and in the gospels for for, um, 33 years of his life and for for three and a half years of his ministry, the last three and a half years of his life, basically just going around and doing good. And and basically, yes, being heavenly high, he came down from heaven, but he was earthly good. He was humble and meek and gentle, lowly in heart. And he went around the summation of his whole life and the summation of the four gospels is found in Acts 10:38. It's one of my favorite scriptures. It says this Jesus of Nazareth, who was anointed. With the Holy Ghost and with power, he went about doing good in healing all who were sick and oppressed of the devil because God was with him. So he was a man. He came down as a man so he could relate to us, but he was also a spiritual man. He had to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit just like we do as believers to show us what's possible, what a man can do who's filled with the Holy Spirit. And he walked around as a model to show us what it would look like. And he he went around doing good. He was he was heavenly high, he came down from the heavens, but he was humble and he was earthly good. And he even humbled himself to the point of being nailed to a cross so his blood could be shed for the remission of our sins. And not only our sins, but the sins of the entire world. And that's in 1 John 2, 2. Um, And he he just did good. And he continues to do good today, but he does it through us. One of the um, one of my favorite books in the Bible is Colossians, and it talks in the first chapter of Colossians about the mystery of the faith, and Paul just goes on and on about the great mystery, the mystery, the mystery, and there is so much mystery and so much depth to the to the Word of God and to the Spirit of God and to God, you know, to to His very nature and His essence. But then it sums up towards the end of that first chapter, and it says, "What is this mystery?" And then in Colossians 1, 2, 7, one of my favorite verses, it says, the mystery of the faith is this, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. I'm going to read that to you again. I'm actually going to look right in my Bible. And it says, even the mystery, and this is verse 26, Colossians 1, 2, 6, the mystery of the faith, which has been hidden from ages and generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. And that's us, for those of us who will put our faith in Christ to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The mystery of the faith is this, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And then in verse 28, he goes on to say, whom we preach, we preach Christ. That's who I'm preaching today. We warn every man and we teach every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ. And that just means that Paul, stri- he was striving to, to show people that Christ now lives in you through the Holy Spirit. And this is the great mystery of the faith that God would come down to where we are so he could bring us up to where he is. And and today, the way that Christ lives on this earth is through us, through his believers. It's such a mystery Um, But it's really so simple that it takes a whole team of theologians to complicate it. And I certainly complicate this message. It's a very simple message. And in the spirit of of not wanting to be too heavenly high to be any earthly good, I just look at Jesus and I just say, he's my model. This is what it looked like. I can learn all the mysteries of the faith. I can learn all of the I can prophesy, I can do all these things that the Bible encourages us to do, but if I don't have love, which is God's Spirit, then I'm nothing. I'm just a clanging gong or a, or a tinkling cymbal, it says in, in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, right? So we can learn all this stuff and get so high-minded, but then we're, we're no earthly good. So I guess today I just wanted to, to talk really quickly about... Okay, so how do we... We have this great mystery. We have Christ living in us. Okay, I believe it because the Bible says it, that when he went up, Jesus said he's going to die on the cross. And he said in John, really in chapters um, John 14, 15, and 16, he talks about what's going to happen. He's going to be crucified and he's going to go up. Um, he's going to go down to the depths of hell. He's going to defeat death by snatching the, the, uh, the uh, keys of death in Hades abolishing death, and then being risen to show that our sins are forgiven, seated at the right hand of the Father, exalted high above the heavens and the earth, and then he's he's seated. His work is finished, and he sends us his Holy Spirit. And He said, I'm going to send you another comforter, just like me, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, and he's going to teach you all things, and he's going to bring all things into remembrance, whatever I've said to you, so he brings these words, the red-letter words, I call them in the Gospels, back to our remembrance, the Holy Spirit, and he teaches us how to walk like Jesus walked. And in 1 John 2, 6, it says, those of us that say we abide in him or are united with him in spirit should walk as Jesus walked. We should be heavenly high and earthly good. I, I think we can be. and But we don't want to come off as so heavenly high that we can't relate to people down on the earth. Jesus came down. He got as low as you could go. He humbled himself to death, to the point of death, even death on a cross, the Bible says. This is absolutely amazing to me. The one thing I want to close with is, you know, how to, what does it look like, like for us today to walk as Jesus walked? And I think it's really simple. I think um, a good verse to look at, and there's cer- certainly dozens that would prove this same point, but as Matt in uh, Matthew, um, or I'm sorry, in um, John fourteen thirteen, And again, this is when Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. He washes the disciples' feet in chapter 13. And then in 14, he says these words, and I'm just going to read um, 14, 12 through 14. It says, truly, verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, he shall do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. And then he goes on to say, and whosoever, or, or whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that I will do. Whatever we ask today in the name of Jesus, that he will do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Listen to this again, 14, John 14, 13 whatever, whatsoever, you shall ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. I'm thinking about that this morning. I'm like, how is the Father glorified in the Son when I ask something in Jesus' name? Well, look at it in the context of prayer. This is exactly what the scripture is talking about. When we pray in Jesus' name and then Um, Especially, let's say we're praying for somebody today that we run into that has a need and say, can we go to the Father and just ask in Jesus' name for this need that you have? Maybe somebody's having panic attacks or going through some spells of anxiety that you meet today and say, let's ask the Father in the name of Jesus. In other words, in the Spirit of Christ, because we're united with him in one spirit and also based on the finished works and everything that Jesus done on our behalf. We, we come in his name. In other words, he paid for, for us to have the ability to live in spiritual union with him and to ask. And in doing so, when we see God move through the Holy Spirit and this person that we're praying for all of a sudden experiences the peace of God that passes all understanding, well, the Bible, or Jesus himself, says that the Father is glorified in the Son, the Father is glorified in the Son, and that Son, Jesus Christ, is in you. Colossians 1, 2, 7, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's an amazing mystery, but it's an amazing truth. We just have to receive this by faith that Christ lives in us. If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, he lives in you. If you put your faith in Jesus Christ today, he will come and live in you through His Holy Spirit. It's just that simple. And then we basically go around doing good and healing in His name. In other words, just praying to God to move up on people's lives. And then the Father is glorified in the Son. Again, where's the Son? He's in you. The Son lives in you. It's the mystery of the faith. I want to just close with those words. And I want to just encourage you today to go out and walk as Jesus walked. Look for somebody that you can help today, somebody that you can minister to today. I believe God's gonna place not only one person in your path, but several who you can minister the love of God to through your spiritual union in in Jesus and with the authority of the name of Jesus, which has been given to you. I hope you have a blessed day, and I hope you see today Christ in you, the hope of glory.